You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hello and a happy Friday. Crunch Time here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Matt Miguez here, coming to you live from Acadiana High School. As tonight, the Acadiana Reckon Rams host the Southside Sharks in a massive District 3-5A contest. Uh, we will have, bring you that one on Mustang 107-1 pregame at 645 and kickoff set for 7. Matt Miguez here once again. My producer and co-host back in the master control suite at Delta Media is Mr. James Mesh. James, buddy, what's going on? What's up, Matt? How you doing? Well, you know, today I'm not doing too bad. Last night was, was a different story. You can say that again. Um, you know, <laughs> I feel like we've, we've just kept... We, we keep going around in circles. We've sung this song multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we really have. Uh, the Saints fell to the Arizona Cardinals last night, 42-34. to 34. Now, I was right in one thing, James. I did say the game would be high scoring. Yeah, it, it, so, it did become high scoring pretty quickly. Um, But, you know, the, the beginning of the game, the Saints looked so good. They actually looked, looked like a competent football team. I said, man, I, I remember sitting there, and I, I didn't say it out loud, but I was thinking in my head, you know, we we may have turned a corner. We may have figured it out. It's a good thing you did not say that out loud then. No kidding. Um, Saint, Saints found a way to only get Rashid Shahid involved for one play again. Which is the same thing that happened. Yeah, it's the same thing that happened on Sunday. He touches the ball one time. In the first half. touchdown on a big play. And then you never then see him again. He doesn't touch the ball again. Only no was only out there for special teams. It's like, well, what's um, what's the point in having him on there? I mean, he he scored a touchdown every play. He's touched the ball. Chris Olave came back. He had a big game. Um, you know, I, I think Alvin Kamara played played well. He had over a hundred total yards of scrimmage. But here's here here's the issue. It's the back to back pick sixes that are just the you know overshadowing red flag of this game because and look I'm not gonna sit here and say oh Andy Dalton's a terrible quarterback because he threw two big sixes quarterbacks have bad games Drew Brees had three four pick games in his career it happens the the issue that I have is at the time in which they came when I left Twin Peaks last night the Saints were in the lead 14 to 6 now, I heard on the radio when Keontae Ingram ran it into the end zone and they got the two-point conversion to tie the game. Okay, cool. So I get home, 14-14, turn the game on. There was three minutes left until halftime. And I stepped out of the room, and the Saints had the ball when I stepped out of the room. And when I go back in to the TV, it's twenty-one. It's 20-14. to 14. And I said, well, how the hell did that happen? Saints had the ball. So I look it up, threw a pick six, and I was like, well, damn, that's not that's not great, but, you know, there's still 
two and a half minutes left. They're only down six points. You can, you can get something done here. You know, it's all good. Shake it off. No, Andy, but, Andy pulled his best SpongeBob impression. Want to see me Dalton, do it again? Andy Dalton said, you know what? There's a radio guy in Lafayette, Louisiana that missed me throw my first pick six, so I'm just going to do it all over again to make sure he sees it. <sighs> I'm frustrated. And, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, and James, I know you got a lot to rant about, so I'll let you get to it in a second. got to say one more thing, though. My biggest issue of the night is not that Andy Dalton threw back-to-back pick sixes. My biggest issue of the night is that you have a head coach that after the game completely flipped on its head and the Saints utterly collapsed to end the first half, he walks up to the reporter for his halftime interview with just a stone-cold face. He didn't even look mad. He didn't look happy, but he didn't look mad. And then when he was asked, hey, you know, what would you tell your quarterback after that second, that those back-to-back pick sixes? Oh, keep doing what you're doing. What? I need, I need three more picks. What? What the hell are you doing? This is the stuff that I was talking about the other day. Dennis Allen, the more the Saints play and the more I watch him coach, the more I believe he shouldn't return in 2023. He's not showing me anything that says, hey, you know, give this guy some time. He might be able to turn it around. I'm not seeing that. Are you seeing that, James? I haven't really been impressed with what he's done, no. All right, the floor's yours. I'm good. Well, I mean, at least on the bright side, Andy Dalton threw six touchdowns. Woohoo! Wow, two congrats. Two to the other team. And then two of them were garbage. I mean, it, to me, this just fits because you you get to the two pick sixes, but I like how we're completely glossing over the whole fact of the first interception in the end oh. zone. When it was triple covered. Triple covered. People are so damn low on Jameis. Like, where's the narrative with that? I I know people were like, Andy played bad. But what would have happened if it was Jameis who did the same thing? He would have been damn near cut right then and there. He would have been put on the trade block. He would have been benched forever. They would have ripped his jersey off him at halftime. That's a little extreme, but I get what you're saying. I mean, come on. We we know how people are. We we know what the narrative is. We know that the media and a majority of fans in general don't like Jameis Winston. Whether whether he has success or not, it, it's always been the excuse of, well, he just throws interceptions. Everyone always wants to go back to that 2019 season with him. I always say, well, look at what happens when anybody plays for Bruce Arians the first time. They throw career highs in interceptions. But no, no that, that doesn't matter. That's true also. Like, it, uh, it just doesn't matter. It, it's, it's an irrelevant stat. But the 30 interceptions, that's just the overarching thing. And it, I just know at this point, the best chance that Jameis had to resurrect his career was last year. But it was ruined because of the ACL tear. Thank you, Devin White. Good job on you, bud. You've been disowned. 
And, and then, you know, even this year, you know, he still had the opportunity to, to make something happen. But again, riddled by injuries. Riddled by injuries. And then what we what what we've talked about so far, it's been a complete step down. And, and in fact, you almost could say multiple steps down when it comes yep. to the coaching quality. Right. Because you had Sean Payton who riled him up. He said, no, no more interceptions. He went 14. He had a 14 to three touchdown interception ratio and he was five and two as a starter. You think, oh, maybe he can continue it. No, no, we we got Dennis Allen. So he doesn't have that same leash on him. He just kind of lets him do whatever. I still, I think that the injuries, they've played a factor as well as he's Sean Payton's not in the room anymore. To make sure he is all good. Dennis, I don't know what he's doing behind closed doors. We just hear all the coach speak of, oh, we're improving. Uh, just just got to stay the course. Got to just do better. We're, we're going to look at the film and correct what we need to correct. Oh, are you sure? I mean, I'm still seeing missed tackles. I'm, I'm still seeing blown coverages. Uh, we, we talk about the two sacks. You had the bold prediction of five. It was two. But the only two sacks that they had... We're covered sacks, so I almost count that as count those as half sacks because it still took you damn near ten seconds to get to him. Right. I don't care if he's ultra athletic. You had to, you finally got to swallow him after six seconds of him just sitting there. You thought his controller died. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's true. It, it's very true, and and I laugh because I mean you just we've seen it over and over again. And then, you know, you, you talked earlier about about the narrative with Andy Dalton and the narrative with Jameis Winston. You know, and, and a lot of people want to sit there and say, oh, well, the Saints are 2-5, and five, but, you know, look at all the injuries that they have and blah, blah, blah. It's very true. They've got injuries across the board. Key players, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Marshawn Lattimore, Jameis Winston, you know, on and on. Kamara missed two weeks earlier in the year. But here's the thing. Cam Jordan put it perfectly in the postgame. A reporter in the postgame press conference was asking him about, you know, well, you know, Cam, the fact of the matter is you guys have a lot of players injured. And Cam interrupted him, and he said, look, man, if we wanted to, if we were looking for excuses, we got a million of them. He said, we don't want excuses. Because it is an excuse. Because regardless of the matter, you're playing in the NFL. You're one of the top 1%, the best football players in the world. Which even though I know that the quality of football for the NFL is stepped down, and if you wanted to watch quality football, you'd probably go to college football right now. But overall, this is that's my biggest argument as to why I would prefer NFL over college football is because you have that top 1%. You have that you have those superstars in and out and it's just such a grind match it becomes sometimes boring but that's just because it's a chess game and sometimes it's just not as exciting because the quality even though the offenses do struggle at points I mean there's a reason why they're in the NFL it's cuz they're yeah, the I best mean, of the best and, and I mean there's there's no arguing with that um but but the fact of the matter is is even your your third string guys, I mean they're still NFL football players. 
they have to be able to step up and play. And you should make at least some sort. I, I'd some, like you to make some, some sort of, sort of an impact. But it's like James Conner went down, and you look at Eno Benjamin. And Eno Benjamin had a career night. And you thought Eno Benjamin was was God reincarnated. Damn near. I mean, I mean he was he was damn near close. And then you're, D- you're not and then, wrong. And then D Hop. I mean, it's not like he blew the doors off the water, but I mean, he quietly got ten receptions for. Over 100 yards. I mean, it's not like the Cardinals' offense was ultra-spectacular. Oh, no. Not not by a long shot. But but there were times, especially in the run game, like, I don't know what happened. Where Where is the quality of the run defense gone? If, if they haven't given up a 100-yard rusher, they've been pretty close, especially with last night. You know, Benjamin was only eight yards short of getting to triple digits. Like, where has the run defense gone? You have three, you still have a majority of your guys. Most of them have been elevated, and they've gotten worse. Where has the defense gone? In general, not just run run defense, where has the defense gone? Well, we know that the, the defense tends to give up more passing attempts because, I mean, the other team, generally in history's past, they have to pass a little more because the run game isn't working, and... Usually the Saints are so good at getting early leads, so then they're having to play catch up. So you have to oh, pass no, I'm more. Not, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. Where's Where's the pass rush? Where's yeah. the turnovers? Where's the tenacity of Demario Davis and Cam Jordan and, and you know those? Where Where's our defense? There's no juice. There's no energy in this team. Because you know. One of the reasons that you hired Dennis Allen to be your head coach was that he was a defensive-minded guy, and you were going to take this defense to the next level. The only guy that has been consistent this season is Pete Warner. Pete Warner shows up every single week. He was quiet last night, but God, he ended up with seven tackles. What more do you want from your linebacker? At the end of the day, and I understand now that he's the head coach, he has to worry about more than just the defense. Dennis Allen became the head coach, and your defense got significantly worse. Significantly worse. You brought in Tyron Matthew. You brought in Marcus May. Oh, you know, the secondary, he might be the best in the NFL. Is it? They're close to the, they're almost at the bottom in turnover margin, if not at the bottom. Oh, we're not going to miss Marcus Williams. I beg to differ. And I was one of Marcus Williams' biggest critics. And I 100% beg to differ. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, oh, he's not that great. We don't need him. Bull. Well, that's not the reason why they got rid of Chauncey. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I understand, but... When the trade happened, that's what fans and, and people were saying. Oh, the, the Saints don't really need him. He didn't do much anyway. I, I disagree. At, at the end of the day, though, the Saints are 2-5. and five, And if you look at the schedule down the road, I mean, I, I don't have much confidence going forward. I mean, the, the Raiders aren't 
having a great year, but they're one of those teams. They're kind of like Arizona. They can pop off at any time. And if you aren't ready for it, you're going to be 2-6 and six playing Lamar Jackson. So, 2-7. and seven. I mean, James, at best, this might be a 7-win team. The absolute ceiling in my eyes is 8. At the absolute highest. Because <sighs> usually they look good against rookie QBs. So with the Steelers, you feel like that one would be winnable, but who knows at this point? 49ers, they just got Christian McCaffrey. We'll see if he'll be healthy here's, at that point. Here, here, and I'll, and I'll let you go on. I just got to throw something in real quick. You talked about the Steelers game. The biggest question mark for me with that matchup is, is T.J. Watt back? Yeah, because he's been dealing with that peck. He's, he found out he didn't need surgery. He's not going to miss the rest of the season. If he's back by that game, even if it's a rookie quarterback, I don't feel confident that we win that game. Uh, I'm looking at the roster. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. I don't see any game where you feel ultra confident. I don't even know if Absolutely I feel, not. I don't even know if I feel confident in Week 18 against the Panthers because I've mentioned before that Jameis has a history of struggling against the uh -huh. Panthers. We've we've talked about before how there are just certain teams and certain players that have the numbers of other teams and other players. Oh, for sure. And the Panthers, they have Jameis's number. So if he's if he's there week eighteen, I don't even feel super confident about that because of because of what the history has shown. Yeah, no, no doubt. Because you, I mean, you'll have you. you'll have Deshaun back for Cleveland in week sixteen. Atlanta, I mean, they're they're competing for first in the division. They've won three. Yeah. They've won three games. The Rams, I mean, Stafford's arm is shot, but hell, they still got a defense that. They'll they'll get three turnovers off of whoever is going to be starting at QB. Stafford's Stafford's arm shot, but the weapons that he has at receiver and, and tight end with Tyler Higby, I mean, dude, you just throw slant routes and let them make plays. Yeah, you just you kind of just game I manage mean, and like dink and dunk down right. the field. Maybe take a shot if we, if he can do you, that. But other than that, I mean, you just gotta you, you gotta do, play a regular ass game. You do what the Saints did with Drew Brees. The last couple of years. Short routes, let the playmakers make plays. Tampa, Move I don't the even ball down the field. Tampa, I don't know what to make of them. And like I said, 49ers. No, I don't know what to make of them either. You I mean you would you anticipate that they just blow them out the water and then Ravens, you would anticipate Lamar as long as they don't give up a a double digit lead in the fourth quarter, they should win. I posted it on I posted this on Twitter last night. We're going. We're going back to the days where you know making the playoffs was a major success, aren't we? Yeah, I feel like we're heading in that direction. Unless some, unless something changes, it's going to be a tough road ahead. If you want to get in on the action today, three three seven seven zero six zero one 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 will be joined at four thirty by Jeff Reed of A State Nation for a breakdown of the Cajuns hosting Arkansas State tomorrow at Cajun Field. And then at 5 o'clock, like we do each and every Friday, is Jake's Takes with Jake Crane of Crane & Company. 
but it's time to cook up some gumbo for a very good cause. The Realtor Association of Acadiana is hosting its annual gumbo cook-off at Park International on Wednesday, October 26th from 5 to 7 p.m. The family-friendly event features a Halloween costume contest, music by the Rue crew, and of course, great gumbo from 26 teams of area realtors who are competing to earn the title of Best Gumbo. Tickets cost $10 and can be purchased with cash only at the event. All proceeds benefit three local charities and Maddie's Footprints, Habitat for Humanity, and Lane's Legacy. So come out and eat some gumbo, help out local charities, and have some Halloween fun with the Realtor Association of Acadiana's annual gumbo cook-off this Wednesday evening. We'll take a time out when we return. James and I will talk more about the Saints, and we'll also recap the Astros' Game 2 win over the Yankees. Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Crunch Time coming to you from Acadiana High School here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 337-706-0111 if you want to get in on the hotline. Uh, we hinted, hinted at it in the opening segment. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was traded last night to the San Francisco 49ers for a second, third, and fourth round draft pick in this upcoming draft, and then a fifth rounder in 2024. Uh, McCaffrey has already touched down in San Francisco and actually joined the 49ers for practice this afternoon. James, do you think he plays on Sunday? Mm, I think he'll be eligible to play, but we it'll kind of be like a Robbie Anderson situation where you're only going to see him for like... Maybe ten plays, maybe he may get he may See, get I think this, he I may think get this, like two touches, maybe three touches. You think I think you, this situation's different? You think he you think he automatically becomes the bell cow? I think you dumb down the playbook for a week to get him involved. Interesting. I I just I I don't think I think he's the type of player, especially when he's healthy. You gotta get him involved. So I, I think I think the Niners find a way to do that. Um, I could be wrong. I I mean it, it's very likely that it, they, they you know kind of ease him into things like you just mentioned. But I was gonna know, say from, they're from my vantage point. I was gonna say they're playing the Chiefs. For, yeah. So uh, to me, I, I think you'd want to ease him into everything instead of throwing him out against a top three team. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Um do you, do you think that the return that Carolina got was a little low? No, I think it was fair for both sides. Cuz you yeah. get because you still have the 49ers still have their first round pick, so whether they make a deep run or not, I think you still have a pick plus you get McCaffrey. So you win there, and then for the uh, then for the Panthers, I mean, it's a running back. I I know how talented McCaffrey is. I've I've talked about him being 
in my opinion, the best one when when healthy. Yep. But when you trade running backs away, especially at an age that McCaffrey is, and the fact that he has had to deal with a litany of injuries, the fact that you were able to get two day two picks and then two day three picks out of it, to me, that's a win. The fact that you were able to get yep, that no much question. capital and then also the 49ers were able to keep their first round pick and then still get a McCaffrey. To me, both teams win it because you get what you needed on both sides. It all just kind of depends in my eyes on how do the Panthers use those picks? Do they draft the right guys or do they use it in a trade for a person or multiple players that actually end up being huge cornerstones for them that they can build around? And here's another thing with McCaffrey. We, we've seen it the last few years with this Kyle Shanahan system. It's very easily to just plug and play running backs. It doesn't matter how talented the running back is. But, right. and they have huge success. Here's the thing, though. They get very injured very often. You, The only the reason why Elijah Mitchell... Especially recently, yeah. The reason why Elijah Mitchell became so prominent and became such a crazy story was because the other running back got injured. And it started... All with Jarek McKinnon during that first offseason for Shanahan. I mean, it's just been running back after running back. You just circle in the next one. McCaffrey, though, that's what worries me is how healthy is he going to be because he's had the history of injuries on the Panthers. But then just in general, the Kyle Shanahan system seems to be very pro-injury for running backs. I, I think McCaffrey might be the healthiest he's been in the NFL right now um you know because there there were multiple stories last season where McCaffrey could have come back for Carolina last year but both he and the Panthers decided that it would be better for them to just you know ease him in and get him as healthy as possible and and I, I think he might be in some of the best shape of his entire career and I mean I I, I get the concern about the the Niners' history of you know running backs getting injured because it's true, especially over the last couple of years. Um, you know, I mean, you're you're spot on. Elijah Mitchell only had the year that he did last year because the two guys in front of him got injured. And then you know you look at it now, if Elijah Mitchell wasn't injured this season, do the Niners even make that trade for McCaffrey? I'm not saying that Elijah Mitchell and, and Christian McCaffrey are on the same level, but you know, if you have a, a proven back, or are you are you searching for a running back? Maybe not. So you know, there, there's a lot of things to go into this. But again, I, I could see Christian McCaffrey having great success in, in this in this Kyle Shanahan offense, and uh, I think he makes the Niners significantly better. I agree. I just I just worry is. Is he gonna be you? Is it is it just gonna be more of the same where he's gonna look good the first three weeks, but then you lose him in week seventeen or eighteen because he just goes down with another freak injury and it's just it just continues the train of, all right, who's next? Next in line. Right. That's that to me. That's what it comes down to. Yep. Yeah, no. No. No question about it. We'll take a timeout when we return. Jeff Reed of A State Nation joins us to 
preview the matchup between the Cajuns and the Red Wolves of Arkansas State right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. A shot to left field. Going back on its Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. State Nation joins us now for a preview of the Red Wolves and the matchup with the Cajuns tomorrow. Jeff, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Uh, doing well. Doing well. Really appreciate you taking the time. You know, let's talk about the Red Wolves, 2-5 and five on the year. But, man, you, you started with a just a brutal stretch. You got the big win over Grambling, and then you went on the road to Ohio State, on the road to Memphis, and then on the road to Old Dominion. You also played James Madison and Southern Miss very closely in both of those as well. You know, just kind of walk me through the start of the season, and in your opinion, have they improved from 2021? Oh, I don't think there's any question that this is a better football team. Uh, last year there were a lot of one-score losses that you kind of think, well, yeah, I guess it was a one-score loss, but loss, but you watched the game and you didn't really feel like that. Uh, this year, I mean, they drubbed Grambling, which kind of what you expect to happen. Uh, they actually played pretty well at Ohio State. I mean, usually to me, when you play somebody like that and you can hold them under 50, it's not a bad day. Uh, right. They got in the red zone four times and I had to settle for field goals, but uh, had some success and came out of that with some confidence. Uh, went to Memphis and... Uh, they're leading that. They they lead they take the lead with four minutes to go, you know. And then Memphis comes back and scores pretty quick. And then A State gets a good kickoff return, and they're basically at the forty-five with uh, about a minute and a half to go and three timeouts. So you think you're in pretty good shape, and things just kind of fell apart, which is very similar to what happened at Southern Miss last week. And Old Dominion was a team that they led uh, almost all the way, you know, and then. That one got away from them late. Uh, fourth quarter has been an issue. Late fourth quarter has been an issue, and I think a lot of that stems from the fact of the, of the lack of depth. Uh, people don't really realize that what what uh, Butch inherited uh, was really a team that was trending down and a depleted roster. Uh, and at that time, the Sun Belt was getting better. You know, and it was kind of ASU was going the wrong way, and the Sun Belt was going the other direction. So there's a lot of catching up to do. Uh, do I think the team is better? I don't think there's any question. I mean, they're beat up, and there's not a lot of depth, and there's some guys, you know, some positions that are really thin. But um, they'll they'll be there Saturday playing the Cajuns in uh, in Arkansas State's Death Valley. <laughs> yeah. Haven't won there very often. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely been a slippery stretch for for the Red Wolves in this matchup with the Cajuns. You talk to me about James Blackman, a quarterback who's completing nearly seventy percent of his passes for five yards shy of seventeen hundred. His eleven touchdowns, only one interception. The glaring statistic to me, Jeff, is that he's been sacked twenty three times this season. Well, that 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 shows you one of the issues of uh, of this team, uh, the offensive line. They've only played seven guys on the offensive line all season. Uh, and as 
offensive anybody that's ever played that position or anybody that's followed football knows that those guys get beat up, you know, because they're banging at every play. And uh, so there's Dan. He does have a tendency sometimes to kind of hold on to the ball a little bit too long, which I guess on the bright side is he's not throwing interceptions. Uh, but uh, sometimes, you know, you throw it away. And I, actually, I think there's, if you've ever been to Jonesboro, you know, there's the water fountains in the end zone. <laughs> he actually, against James Madison, threw one into the water fountain, which is, I guess, the 10 years that we've had those, the first time I've seen that happen. Uh, but it was, uh, he holds on to it a little bit long. But uh, one thing about, about James is, this is, the, he, he's, this is his fifth or sixth year of college, I can't remember. But this is the first time in his college career that he's had the same offensive coordinator two years in a row. And I think you're seeing some of that. He's very very comfortable in the offense, and and his and his numbers look really really good. You know he's got a he's got a good arm, and uh, he's made some good decisions and some good reads. And and this is a receiving core that's not quite what A State's had in the past. You know, three years ago they had three guys, and all three of them wound up you know spending time in NFL training camps. I don't know if there's anybody in this receiving court. There's a sophomore tight end who probably will get a chance down the road, but who will wind up in the NFL training camp. You know, looking at the running game, Johnny Lang is a guy that had a good year last year, off to a pretty good start so far this season. Uh, Brian Sneed seems to be the the goal line guy with six touchdowns already this year. And then, you know, you you look down the the depth chart and down the roster for the running backs, Marcel Murray's still in Jonesboro. He is, and he's had some – I I think he's still in concussion protocol. And, of course, Marcel was freshman of the year. And and at that time, I mean, everybody here was excited because I mean, if you go back and look at some of the things he did as a freshman, you go, "Wow!" Oh, he was he was incredible. This guy's going to be special, you know. And then he he was injured some his second year, and he still finished up with like seven hundred or eight hundred yards. But since then, it's just been a series of injuries and everything. And this is year five, and I would be very surprised if he doesn't. I think he's graduated. If he doesn't just say, you know. Thanks, guys. I had a blast, but you know it's, uh, it's not worth it. You know, because <laughs> he just he he can't. He gets the ball. He gets a few shots at it, and he looks good. But he just staying healthy has really become a problem for him. Now you know, looking at this, this defense for the the Red Wolves, they give up a lot of points, about thirty one points per game. But you know, you look at it, guys like Jordan Carmouche, Kavon Bennett. Jaden Harris, I mean, I, I just named off three linebackers there. You got a good linebacker core. Tell me about the rest of the defense. Well, it's uh, it's it's a team that has actually played pretty decent. You know, you you figure up thirty a game, but you know, you th- you take out James Madison and uh, and Ohio State, and that number is really very manageable. You know, against against similar competition, James Madison just. I mean, just was just beat them, and there's just no doubt about it. Won the line of scrimmage on both sides, and, and that's been that, that's been an issue. But I think the defense, you know, this time last year, Lord, they were giving up seemed like a 99 yard scoring play every week, and it's just getting mashed. And but it, they've made significant strides, and, and in today's game, where offense is is so protected and so it, to such an advantage that. If you ever hold somebody within under thirty or around there, that's usually not a bad thing. 
you know, because right. it's just it's just the way the game has changed. You know, thirty might be kind of the new twenty <laughs> uh, if you go back in time, but you know, because it's such an offensive game now. But I think it's I think it's a better a better bunch. Kavon uh, is they wanted to play him at linebacker, but they didn't have uh, enough on the defensive line, so they moved him to DN. And and he's had a good year. Of course, he's double teamed about every play, and uh, gets held a lot. And, and and he'll let you know about that. But uh, it, just kind of a bunch of pluggers. I don't know if there's really anybody else that kind of has stood out. The secondary is a lot better, and uh, it's it's better overall. It's it's just that they've just had trouble where everything has just kind of really come together and been on the same page. Chatting with Jeff Reed of A-State Nation. You know, looking at this game with the Cajuns, it's always such a close matchup. Last season was only a one-point win for the Cajuns. It, it's three of the last four have been decided by seven points or less. This is obviously, you know, a rivalry game between two good Sunbelt West programs. With the matchup, you know, where where do you see Arkansas State having an advantage and, and where do they maybe need some work in this matchup? Well, obviously, I think uh, like that the Cajuns have an advantage along the the line of scrimmage, and that's kind of been, you know, the downfall for Arkansas State this year. James Madison won the line of scrimmage. Uh, a State lost the line of scrimmage in the Southern Miss and Old Dominion games in the fourth quarter, and, and that led to the defeats there. So, like I said, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of depth in those guys, and I think. I think Lafayette, over the test of time, has uh, you know they they built their program and there's more there's more numbers and there's more good players there and you know and, and as Bush Jones would tell you, this is the time of year because of uh, injuries and everything that uh, the bottom third of your roster becomes very important and the bottom third of the Arkansas State roster they feel very good about it, but a lot of those guys uh, a few months uh, you know this time last year they were they were playing high school football. Yeah, no, no question about it. You know, wrapping up here, Jeff, give me three keys to victory for for Arkansas State to to come to Lafayette and and leave with a win. I think one thing is I think uh, of course Lafayette is the Cajuns have done very well with turnovers. Uh, Arkansas State has not actually created many, but they've been very fortunate in not having many either. So. I think winning the turnover battle, and I don't mean like a two-to-one advantage, maybe a three-to-one or four-to-one advantage, something like that, uh, not having penalties. And I think the special teams, Arkansas State has played very, very, very well on special teams this year. Johnny Lang that you mentioned earlier is one of the top punt and kick returners in the country, you know, and CBS Sports named him a uh, – uh, a midterm, a midseason All-American as a kick returner. I mean, that's just yeah. he runs, he catches passes, he runs, turns kicks. He's a good football player, and I think he's a part of that. But and the punting, punting has been well, and they got a freshman kicker out of Arizona who's yet to miss. So uh, I think the special teams would probably be something that would play a role uh, for Arkansas State if the Red Wolves were to win. Jeff Reed of A-State Nation joining us for a preview of the Cajuns and Red Wolves tomorrow at 4 o'clock from Cajun Field. Jeff, appreciate you as always, man. Real great insight into Arkansas State, and I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Hey, you bet. You guys have a good evening, good weekend.
And there he goes, Jeff Reed of A-State Nation. After taking the first two games of the ALCS, the Houston Astros will look to go up 3 to nothing on Saturday when they head to the Bronx to take on the New York Yankees. You can listen to Game 3 of the ALCS on Saturday on our sister station, News Talk 98.5, with first pitch scheduled for 4.07 p.m. Tune in tomorrow for Astros at Yankees on our sister station, News Talk 98.5. Take a timeout, wrap up hour number one after this, right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. One of the things I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new players or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. Perfect for Sunday afternoon's Chiefs 49ers game. I'll take an anytime Travis Kelsey touchdown. The under on total points scored, but then take the Chiefs' money line. Same game parlays are just one of the reasons why I bet with FanDuel. You get fast withdrawals when you win, and then there's odd boosts and special each day and some super big boosts each weekend around the biggest local and national matchups. There's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? Sign up today and sign in with promo code KLWB for your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code KLWB. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable free bets expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. All right, so, you know, we, we're – I don't even know how, how I want to open this, this segment. You know, talking about going back to the Saints, I, I'm still just so mind-boggled at, at even what went down last night, James. And it's interesting because they actually looked like a team that made sense, which is – Generally, how the Saints games have gone so far, it tends to be you get a nice drive, and it 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 seems to end right then and there because of a penalty. They've started to fix that a little bit. I've noticed with the penalties, they've become a little better at it. So they've actually been able to turn no points into some points with a field goal, and then sometimes get a touchdown. But the thing is. There's just a period in time, and it's not just this year, but it's always with the Saints where they'll look hot. And it's almost like it's a basketball game where it's almost like a game of runs where Saints could go up 14 to nothing or like 10 to 0 or like 14 3, like it was last night. Or it was 7 6, but then you got the touchdown to go back up by a touchdown and a two point right. conversion. But you get, you get a nice start. And then all of a sudden, it gets completely ruined. All of a sudden, there's one like three and out or a turnover by the Saints. And then next thing you know, the whole momentum 
is on the other team, and then they give up 14, 17, 20 straight points, and all of a sudden they're down, and now they have to make it make a comeback, and, and now they're on the bad side of the coin. It's I don't get how this team does that. I, I don't see it's, it as often it, with other franchises. It's incredibly frustrating is what it is. But, you know, uh, again, going back to the, the conversation about, you know, ju- just what went wrong last night, if the Saints continue to to play, you know, for, for lack of better words, they looked scared at, at points in the game last night. It's going to be a long road to January. It's going to be a very long road to January. Hour number one. In the books, our number two, we're going to get it started the way we do every Friday with Jake Crane of Crane & Company for Jake's Takes, and we'll do that next here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Our number two getting underway here, Crunch Time on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, it is time it is our favorite segment of the week. It's Jake's Takes with Crane & Company's Jake Crane. Jake, what's going on, bud? Guys, whenever I'm talking to y'all, it means it's Friday, so it's always a good time. It's always a good time. So we, we, we got to start with the black and gold. I mean, the Saints were abysmal last night. Yeah, here's, here's my – you beat yourself. And, look, Dennis Allen can – you know, make all the, the excuses that he wants about injuries. And, yes, they've had injuries. Nobody's denying that. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, then Roby goes out. We know about Jameis, you know, the, the whole – Michael Thomas, who's the Anthony Davis of the NFL. That's a story for another day. But, um, you know, when you throw two pick sixes in the final two minutes of the first half in an NFL game, you're probably not going to win. And it wasn't just that. Uh, there was a lot of, of different things the Saints did, especially after they came out so well. I mean – Andy Dalton hit Shahid on that first drive, and, and they were cooking on offense, and Kamara was hot early, uh, and then they, they were working Taysom Hill in the game, and uh, you know they, they were reading the numbers correctly, whether it was Taysom keeping it or spitting it out in the screen, and uh, led to the touchdown in the red zone on, on that now screen out there because they had the numbers, and uh, they just beat themselves, man, and in that league where the margin for error uh, is a lot different than it is in college football, you make two detrimental mistakes like that, plus Andy Dalton throwing that interception in the in the red zone that was huge and, and really an inexcusable mistake not to see that backside safety sitting right there so uh, it's on them. So you know going forward, looking at the the seven games as a whole, you know what's the biggest issue for this team right now? Well, you know I I think they they can't get into a rhythm. It's like it, it's. Like, you know, when you're playing with a different lineup every time, it's like mixing the lineup up every single day in Major League Baseball, just totally changing it. Uh, It seems they can't get into a rhythm. You know, you you love what Taysom Hill's doing, but uh, they've given away games. I mean, whether it was the fumble against the Panthers, whether it was the turnovers last night, and then we've seen other examples of it, 
you either make winning plays or you make losing plays. And right now, the Saints haven't haven't been able to finish. Uh, whether that means getting up early and maintaining a lead or being able to to finish it out in the end. Give me your thoughts on the Christian McCaffrey trade to the 49ers. Well, I mean, you look at his Carfax, and, you know, it's not great. I think the Panthers won the trade. Uh, You get three picks in consecutive rounds uh, in the second, third, and fourth, which you could parlay a couple of those maybe into a first-round pick. Uh, I think, you know, the Niners are are going all in because if you look, I mean, they do have weapons. I mean, George Kittle – Debo Samuel, we've seen Brandon Ayuk really uh, come on uh, here lately. Uh, you know, you look outside Jeff Wilson Jr. at running back. So uh, they have some weapons for Jimmy G there, and, and you wonder how that, that relationship will be with Trey Lance and Christian McCaffrey uh, uh, when Lance comes back if he does win the starting job again. So I think the Niners are trying to take a page out of the Rams playbook and, and put together a Frankenstein team and see if they can go win it. Uh, the difference for them has been not not getting to the precipice, but having enough playmakers on the offensive side uh, to get to the Super Bowl. So, you know, I think there was some good for both teams, but in the long run, I think the Panthers won the trade. But they'll blow it. They'll screw it up somehow. <laughs> All right, Jake, let's make some picks. Let's start with college football. Uh, I'm looking at a top 25 matchup out of the ACC. How about Syracuse and Clemson? You know, the spread's at 14 in this game, and, and Syracuse has caught some breaks, but you, you are what your record says. And, and Dino Babers has done a hell of a job out there after being on the hot seat early. Uh, Garrett Schrader, the Mississippi State transfer, is, uh, I think, going to get a shot in the NFL. He's a big guy that has pretty good lateral quickness. We know how good Sean Tucker is. And, and they've got some long receivers outside that can, that can win 50-50 balls, I think, even against these Clemson DBs. But at the end of the day, I just think Clemson's better up front. Uh, we've seen the progression of DJU and, and the timing really get down for him. That that was the difference. It wasn't just being accurate or, or finding the matchups. It was the timing. It was the rhythm. Uh, he seemed to uh, kind of harness that in, and he's using his legs as well. Uh, so I think Clemson's going to be too much. Do they cover that spread? I don't know. 14's a lot of points, uh, and Syracuse won't go in there scared. Cincinnati having a, a pretty solid year after – after letting go of Desmond Ritter, or moving on from Desmond Ritter, should I say, uh, back in the top 25, and they've got a good SMU team uh, tomorrow. Who wins that one? Man, you know, I, I love Rasheed Rice from SMU. Uh, I think he's going to be a big-time player in the NFL. Not a lot of people know about him. Uh, but, you know, Tanner Mordecai is a quarterback that, that's got dual-threat ability, uh, that has a lot of experience, is known for a lot of yards. Uh, I know they're going to try to find a way to be able to, you know, pick up the tempo and, and keep Cincinnati off balance on defense because while Cincinnati did lose a, not, a lot, you know, not just Desmond Ritter, but look at Alec Pierce balling uh, for the Colts. Uh, look at Sauce Gardner for the Jets and, and Kobe Bryant, their other corner, uh, has, has really come onto the scene as a young guy. So while they lost those pieces, they're still pretty good up front. Uh, I think SMU will be able to score, but defensively I just don't trust SMU. Ben Bryant, the quarterback for Cincinnati, uh, he's going to have a chance at the next level as well. He's just got to become more consistent down the field. I like Cincinnati in a game that's, that's probably going to be decently high scoring for the amount of talent on that Cincinnati defense. West Virginia, Texas Tech uh, is a is an interesting Big 12 matchup. You know, West Virginia having a, an off and on year. TC, uh, Texas Tech having a, a pretty good year as well. You know, what, what do you make of this middle of the road Big 12 matchup? Well, you know, you you got JT Daniels and obviously Ford Wheaton for West Virginia. He's a guy that I'm sure people have seen, but if you haven't, he's must-see TV. Uh, He's a heck of a utility guy, bigger-bodied guy. 
Uh, Neil Brown needs it. You know, West Virginia, that they've kind of turned it around a little bit after the really slow start. Uh, he's a guy that there's been talk a little bit, you know, about him being on the hot seat as well. Uh, former Troy head coach there, a little Sunbelt love there, Miguez. But, um, you know, Texas Tech at home, what Coach McGuire's done, you know, I know they beat Hudson Card, the backup at Texas, and, and Quinn's back now. But offensively, that they're dynamic. They have a quarterback that can extend the play from outside the pocket and, and turn those broken plays into big-time plays. Uh, I think they're a six-point dog on the road. I think Texas Tech wins this game. And, but it feels like, like a double overtime, triple overtime game. UCLA and Oregon, top 10 matchup in the oh, zoo yeah. up in Eugene. That's going to be a dogfight, isn't it? Uh, no, pop open the box of Lucky Charms, man. This one's magically <laughs> delicious. Uh, what, what UCLA's been able to do out in the Pac-12 from a physicality standpoint, you know, two things I never thought I'd put together uh, was a spaceship and then the words UCLA and physicality. Uh, I've done that one of those things three times this week. Surprise, it's not the spaceship. But, you know, when you look at what Charbonnet's brought over there with DTR, who, who continues to get better each year, he's playing at a very high level. But even up front, uh, they, they feel more downhill than UCLA's ever felt. You know, Tim Kelly had a decently downhill team. Talk about from a running game standpoint, uh, when he was at Oregon, when, when they lost to Auburn in the national championship game, uh, they were a team that played pretty physical. But this UCLA team looks like uh, Utah's looked in the Pac-12. So, uh, I think UCLA is going to win this one, man. I know they're almost a touchdown underdog, uh, but I just love the way they're playing. I love the confidence that, that's exuding from both sides of the ball. Uh, but Bo Nix and them, I mean, he's having a hell of a year at Oregon. Uh, it's amazing when you play behind a good line and then go to the Pac-12. But, uh, it tends to boost your profile a little bit. But uh, he's, he's really kind of evolved, and, and he's not putting the ball in harm's way. Uh, I just like UCLA in this matchup. Now looking at Texas, ranked 20th, going against Oklahoma State, who's ranked 11th. Yeah, I mean, we got to see if Spencer Sanders is going to play. Uh, you know, he's had that shoulder injury. Without Spencer Sanders, it's going to be a whole hell of a lot harder for Oklahoma State. But, uh, you know, Quinn struggled a little bit last week uh, against Iowa State. I know they run that 3-3-5. Uh, it's kind of like the triple option of defenses. Uh, it's kind of the best way I can describe it. Uh, but he missed some wide-open guys early. Iowa State was able to stay in that game and, and make it really wonky and, and give themselves a chance in the end. Uh, I just feel like Oklahoma State's got their backs against the wall. I mean, you're up 24-7 on TCU last week and, and let them come back. Uh, but make no mistake, this game's probably going to be decided by whether Spencer Sanders can play or not uh, because while Oklahoma State's defense isn't what it was last year, uh, they're still a pretty good defense, but eventually that dam will break against Quinn uh, if they're not able to put some game pressure on them from the offensive side. Chatting with Jake Crane here. Jake, where the hell did Tulane come from? They got a good matchup with Memphis this weekend. Look, man, as, as a guy that coached in the Sun Belt for five years and had to play against Willie Fritz and Georgia Southern, this does not surprise me at all. I'm the least bit surprised by this. Uh, having to defend that spread option that he runs when you have guys that can legitimately run it and throw it, and, and believe me, with, with the Pratt kid, they have a quarterback, he can really do it. You know, don't forget, they almost beat Oklahoma last year on the road in an absolute shootout. Uh, and, and what's crazy, uh, you look at Tulane, they go beat Kansas State, and, you know, they had the one kind of uh, game where they kind of rolled their helmets out there. But uh, make no mistake, Tulane's for real. Uh, they play a really good brand of football with that spread option that they can be downhill when it has to be, and, and there's an intricate enough pass game to keep you on your toes. That's what makes it so dangerous. And then an another, something about uh, Marshall versus James Madison. Well, you know, anytime you're playing one guy, you think it would be pretty easy. But, uh, no, in, in all seriousness, 
Look, James Madison's one of the best stories of college football in 2022. I mean, they come into the FBS just absolutely throwing haymakers in their first year. Uh, it's uh, They've proven that they're here to stay. It's a place that uh, I don't know how, how many people realize how fertile that recruiting ground out there is around James Madison, uh, and they've really dedicated themselves to trying to be the best they can at football. So uh, Marshall, after beating Notre Dame, uh, they kind of fell off a cliff a little bit. Uh, 0-2 to start Sunbelt play. It's one they need really, really badly. Uh, but, you know, Columbini, their quarterback, man, I just uh, I just don't believe in him. He's like the Snuffleupagus to me. I just don't believe in him. You know, it's funny. You made the joke about when you play one guy with Marshall. I've always heard that joke with Troy. No, no, uh, I'm saying but... for James Madison, like because it's just one guy. Oh, okay. I, 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 but, I mean, to, to the same point, I mean, you talk, you talk about Troy – you know, I've always heard people say, "Man, you know, Troy, that guy must be good." Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly right. Or, uh, the best one was when George Mason made the Final Four uh, in college basketball, and they're like, "Hell, man, how did one guy make it this far?" Right, right. Last Sun Belt matchup before we get into a couple more big games. Uh, the Louisiana Ragin Cajuns will be at home to host Arkansas State. You know, give me give me your thoughts. You know, the Cajuns getting that big win over Marshall last week. Can they keep the momentum rolling? It's the fun belt, man. Who knows? At, at this point, who knows? Arkansas State has always been just such a schizophrenic team to me, even when Blake Anderson was there. Uh, in this matchup, I, I, I'm going to hate to break your heart here, Miguez, but uh, I'm going to have to go Arkansas State at home. Uh, the Red Wolves, you know, they, they tend to, it tends to get really weird in that stadium when they play at home. So expect either a special teams touchdown or, you know, alien disclosure or, you know, something. Biggest SEC game of the day, LSU Ole Miss. Woo! Woo, this one's got implications, buddy. Man, this one's got implications. Both <laughs> these teams uh, still are going to host Alabama. So you would think the winner of this game, you talk about controlling your own destiny with a chance to clinch at home. I like LSU in this one, man. I, I just do. Jade, and for, for one reason, really one main reason. Last week, Jaden Daniels pushed the ball down the field. And that's been the one thing that's been keeping this LSU offense from having a chance to be really dynamic because while you are starting two, uh, two true freshman tackles, which is really tough and, and it's, it's not the easiest and most ideal situation, you have witches running up and down that offense. That wide receiver room is as deep as any in the SEC with Besh and Neighbors and, and Booty and all those guys. Uh, and then you look at the running back room and, and Jaden Daniels' ability to run the ball. Once you have unlocked that third level, I think they're more dynamic than Ole Miss, who has done an unbelievable job running the ball this year. Uh, it's totally backwards from what you think with Lane Kiffin when you think about his offense. Uh, but I think LSU finds a way at home at night after being embarrassed against Tennessee at home. Two more college games and a couple NFL picks for you, Jake. Uh, Alabama, fresh off their loss to Tennessee last Saturday. Are are they going to take their frustrations out on Mississippi State, or does Mississippi State hang around? Well, you know, I'm not a really big trends guy, but when you look at, like, the last three games that Mississippi State's played in Tuscaloosa, it's just been bloodbaths. They're, they're like, outscoring them, like, 120-10. to It's something absolutely ridiculous. This Mississippi State team, you know, that they've shown the ability to – stick to the run when you give them a box that's favorable to the run. This is just not a good matchup to me, though. Alabama's secondary uh, hasn't been very good, and you would say, oh, well, they're going up against an air raid team. you think that would be a disadvantage for Alabama. 
if anybody can get it turned around, we've seen this movie before. I don't see Mississippi State winning this one. What about TCU and Kansas State? Man, is Kansas State is Kansas State the, the spoiler? You know, is is Kansas State uh, the the team that you remember they beat Oklahoma when Oklahoma was still cooking? That win obviously doesn't look as good now, and they actually lost to Tulane. Speaking of them, but Adrian Martinez, man, it's been a total resurgence for him uh, after coming over to Nebraska. Deuce Vaughn's like a little Ewok running around out there. You just never know where he's at until he's in the end zone, uh, and they've been able to move the ball consistently. I just love TCU, man. Max Duggan, it's a great story. Max Duggan's got experience. Their wide receiver room is absolutely freaky. Uh, they found ways to, to win games in, in multiple different ways, including coming back. Uh, give me TCU at home. But uh, maybe more low scoring than what people think. Now taking a look at the NFL, how about Falcons who are got three wins now in the season as they go to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals? Yeah, the Falcons are doing the worst job of tanking ever. The worst job of tanking I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to go against Burrow and Jamar, especially after they came down in Louisiana. Uh, you know, it's hard to go against King Burrow. Something's kind of telling me the Falcons are going to make this game close. That They're playing with nothing to lose, and you can tell they know that. Even with Corderell going down, you know, with the injury, they, they've been able to move the ball with Marcus using his legs, another guy that's, that's playing with nothing to lose. I just think Joey B finds a way, man. Whether it's Joe Mixon pounding one at the end or uh, Jamar Chase breaking a screen for 60 and a score, uh, even though the Bengals' offensive line is absolute hot dog water, I think they find a way. <laughs> and then looking at how about Colts, Titans, and AFC South matchup? Because those those oh, are yeah, really man, those are amazing, thrilling, thrilling television. Um, <laughs> it's huge, obviously, especially with me being in Nashville. Uh, you know, the Titans just announced that $2.2 billion dome stadium project. We're super excited about that up here. I think they find a way. Is that a little bit because I need Derrick Henry to ball out for me in fantasy? I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Uh, it's hard for me to trust Ryan Tannehill. But, again, the Colts have just been anemic. The Jaguars just totally forgot last week uh, after dominating the beginning of the game. Uh, Matt Ryan, you know, i got a ton of respect for him. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, we'll see with him. I, I just feel uh, that the Titans are going to be able to be a little bit better, score a couple more points. Uh, give me Tennessee. Look, you need Derrick Henry to have a good fantasy day. I need Jonathan Taylor to have a good fantasy day. Let's just have a battle of running backs. Hey, let's do it. Look, let's just everybody, let's, let's, let's run it down to the one and turn around and hand it off. Let's do that a lot. <laughs> Giants, Jagu- Giants and Jags. Man, I mean, the Giants, I mean, Brian Dable is the most popular fat guy in New York since Biggie Smalls. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I mean, he's the Jeremy Lin of, of New York right now. Uh, and the Jets, too. You look at Robert Sala, who, uh, you know, said he was keeping receipts. And, and believe me, he's, he's dishing them out. Man, it's hard for me to go against the Giants. I mean, Saquon's playing good. Uh, Daniel Jones is playing good. Never thought I'd say that either. I mean, UCLA's physical and Daniel Jones playing good. Is this, are these the end times? Uh, but I, I think the Giants find a way. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, uh, to me, is one of the best quarterbacks to throw on the run in the NFL. But the Jags still seem uh, to make stupid penalties at stupid times. Uh, I think the Giants kind of just wait them out like they've waited everybody else out. Two more for you, Jake. It's going to be Chiefs-Niners with the Niners now getting Christian McCaffrey in that trade last night. Yeah, man, this game just uh, this game went from maybe I'll take the over to probably definitely – 
Um, there's there's enough time for Christian to get enough in to be able to go out there and play. I mean, hell, Robbie Anderson played for the Cardinals last night, even though they were like, hey, just go deep. You know, that's all he did, which is all Robbie Anderson's ever done, for the record. But uh, it's, it's going to be interesting, man. Like I said, I think the Panthers won the train in the long run, but uh, it just gives Jimmy G another weapon to check down to. Lastly, Jake, Steelers and Dolphins. Uh, glad to see Tua back. Uh, you know, we all know how, uh, how, how devastating that injury looked, and, and we all know how crazy the, uh, the follow-up was on that. Man, you know, I, I like the Dolphins here. I, I, I do. I think getting Tua back gives you a little bit of momentum. And Pittsburgh, you know, with, with Kenny Pickett, I know Mitch came in there and they did their thing last week, and, and we'll see about the quarterback situation. Uh, I, I just feel like Pittsburgh kind of dodged a bullet last week. I think Miami makes them pay. They've got so many weapons. I mean, it's one thing when you're beat up in the secondary and you're able to win a game like they did last week. It's another thing when you're going down there and having to face a legitimate cheetah uh, and Jalen Waddell, who's you know basically another cheetah, uh, with Mike with Mike Jasicki, uh there in the middle and, and the weapons that they have. So give me the Dolphins. Jake Crane of Crane & Company joining us for Jake's Takes each and every Friday during football season. Jake, appreciate you as always, man. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Sounds good, fellas. Appreciate y'all. And there he goes, Jake Crane. If you want to be one of the first people to see Black Panther Wakanda forever, then text PANTHER to 337-283-8100 for your chance to win a spot for two on the guest list for a private viewing of Black Panther Wakanda forever at Celebrity Theaters in Broussard on November the 10th. Once again, text PANTHER to 337-283-8100 to win tickets for Black Panther Wakanda Forever brought to you by the game, Celebrity Theaters, and Sherman Insurance. We'll take a time out when we return. Jake and James and I will make our college football picks and we'll talk Houston Astros as well here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. It's crunch time here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh coming to you live from Acadiana High School as Southside takes on Acadiana tonight. You can hear that on Mustang 107.1 or MeTV 97.7 FM. All right, James, let's make our picks for this weekend. Let's start with the world of college football. Syracuse and Clemson is a game that you know really jumps off the page at me. Clemson having a good year. Syracuse, you know, Jake just talked about it in the last second. Dino Babers was on the hot seat, and he's he's kind of turned this team around. You know, give me give me your thoughts on this game. To me, what it ultimately boils down to is Clemson. I I like what DJ Ugalele has been able to do so far this season. I, I think he's been a quality starter at quarterback for him I've noticed with the program itself the Tigers they never really blow anyone out or it never happens enough times for me to really notice to me it always comes down a lot closer and seeing that 14 point spread that that to me just seems like too much I ultimately think that Clemson's gonna win but I think it's gonna be closer because I mean the orange they've been dealing so far this year 
Yeah, no, no question about it. I'm actually going to take Syracuse in an upset. Ooh. In in this game, uh, I I think they keep it close. They force Clemson into a late mistake, and uh, I'm like I said, I'm going to take the uh, the orange in a close one. Um, Cincinnati SMU again a, a good matchup of you know evenly matched teams. In the end, though, I, I think Cincinnati has one more touchdown in the tank than uh, than the Mustangs. Yeah, it's going to be the early morning matchup. Mustangs three and three on the season. It's okay. I mean, it's at their house, but I think Cincinnati, knowing their program, I think they're able to get it done on the road and just handle business. I'm not expecting this one to be lit on the world of fire by any stretch, but I think that they're able to get enough done. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to take Cincinnati in that one. West Virginia, Texas Tech is a Big 12 matchup that's interesting. Texas Tech's got that big win over Texas this year. West Virginia, you know, they're doing okay, 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Texas Tech's just going to be too much for them offensively with that air raid offense. Yeah, they're going to pass it down the Mountaineers' throats. I, and I remember I always go back to it. Uh, I guess he got injured because uh, it was the Mountaineers quarterback that was doing the let's ride trend, you know, when, when Russ was doing it. I remember he was – I remember I forget his name, but I'm not seeing him on the sheet, so I, I think he had got injured. They're bo- Like he had said, they're both 3-3, three and three, and they're both 1-2 and two in conference, so they're both evenly matched, but I think you got to give the edge to Texas Tech since I like their offense more, plus they're at home. UCLA and Oregon is going to be fun. That one's gonna be. I mean, that's gonna be a fun matchup, and I, I, I've I've tried to deny UCLA, but they keep proving me wrong. I I've got to jump on with them. I got I got three letters for you. D, D- T, R. He's the man. Dorian Thompson Robinson is fantastic, and you know Oregon. I'm not I'm not knocking Oregon here. You know, obviously, you know Bo Nix. Say what you want about him in his time at Auburn. He's a talented quarterback, and he's done well at Oregon. And I think it's going to come down to who has the ball last in this game. I really do. Um, but give me UCLA in a close one. Texas, Oklahoma State, Jake hit it on, Jake hit on it. The, the key here is going to be does Spencer Sanders play for Oklahoma State? If he does, I think it's a much closer game. If he doesn't, with Quinn Ewers back, I think Texas runs away with it. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the Longhorns on this one as well. Um, and it's it's for the same reasons that you and Jake have brought it up. I mean, if Sanders not going to play, you got you to gotta take the Longhorns easily. Yep. But if he is able to play, I mean, it's going to be a lot closer. Does Tulane keep up their, their magical run here with, with Willie Fritz and Michael Pratt at quarterback against a good Memphis team? I say yes. I mean, they're killing it. I agree. The, the fact that they are now top 25 in the nation – that's a hell of an accomplishment, because who we weren't who we that was so caught off guard. I I wasn't been a, I haven't been able to really pay attention to Tulane that much, but the fact that if you look at what they've done so far this season, it's been really good, and I think they continue the trend. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, I agree. Marshall James Madison Marshall coming off the loss to Louisiana, James Madison coming off their loss to Georgia Southern. I. I like Marshall, especially Kalen Laburn's been been a good running back for the Thundering Herd. However, 
I think James Madison is just too much to handle offensively for, for Marshall. Yeah, they, they were looking amazing to start the season. I think you just got to ultimately go with the Dukes. I mean, they're at home. I, I think that that's one of the edges that they have over over the herd. Louisiana-Arkansas State at Cajun Field for Louisiana Salutes Night. You know, the, the Cajuns are going to wear all black. They've got new helmets. They're going to have the F-15 flyover before the game. They're, they're doing a bunch of stuff to honor, you know, the military of, of our area. Dude, I think the Cajuns are on fire, and I, I think they run away with it. So you would you take the the Cajun spread? Six and a half. Because if you say run away with it, to me that indicates that you that you think they win big. I wouldn't bet it because you just never know with this matchup. I do think that I I could easily see the Cajuns winning by ten. Okay. However. You know, we, we, you look at it, the last four matchups, three of the last four have been decided by seven or less. Mm-hmm. Including last year, it was only a one-point game. So I, I wouldn't put money on it because you just never know. But with the seasons that both the Cajuns and Arkansas State are having and the offensive performance that the Cajuns had against Marshall, I could see the Cajuns running away with it. Interesting. But I do pick the Cajuns to win regardless. I'm going to take the Cajuns as well. I think as long as you stick with that one QB system, you have a really good chance at winning the game. And to me, I don't like that six and a half. I think that trend continues where it becomes less than that. It's less than a touchdown. So I think a field goal difference, a Kenny Almaderas field goal, is what ultimately wins it for the Cajuns. Wow. Okay. LSU Ole Miss... The, the best game, you know, of the SEC tomorrow. LSU, so this, this game's interesting because you look at it, LSU is coming off that big win against Florida. And, you know, you look at Ole Miss, they're number seven in the country. They're 7-0 and on the season. Things are, are pointing in the right direction for those guys. But here's the thing. You look at their schedule, you look who they've played, the only true test that they've had so far this year is Kentucky, and they almost lost. Give me the Tigers at home. To me, you, you've you been on a roll with, with these picks because you've been hitting lately. You have started to get rid of that kiss of death narrative that I've had on you. <laughs> you, started to get, you started to get rid of that. What I'm going to do is try and double down on that. I'm going to pick Ole Miss. So you're becoming the kiss of death. I'm I'm gonna try and reverse psychology it. Nice, nice. All right, I'll, I'll, I'm about it. Bama, Mississippi State. You know, we talked about this game a little bit the other day. Alabama. You know, they're obviously gonna be very upset after their loss to Tennessee. Uh, Mississippi State. It kind of feels like an opponent that they could just, you know, run away from. But Mississippi State's no slouch. Who wins that one? I'm gonna take Bama. I mean, just straight up, because usually after a loss, I know it's been a little weird with with the Tide this year. I don't know. They just had a different feel, but if they want to get back on track, they got to utterly dominate. Do they cover the 21-point spread? I want to believe that they do, but I will say they won't. All right. 
All right, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Alabama. I don't think they cover um, with you, uh, but I, I think the Tide just are gonna be too much for for Mississippi State to handle, especially from a defensive perspective. Uh, and lastly, let's look at TCU and Kansas State. You know, TCU having a big year with Max Duggan at quarterback, good defense as well. But Kansas State, they have a history of playing spoiler, and they're they're not a bad team this year. So you know, can can the Wildcats take care of of TCU, or, or does TCU keep their winning ways? The Wildcats are pretty solid this year, and they were pretty good last year. I mean, I, I think it's it's a pretty good program, but I think right now TCU, those Horn Frogs, they're absolutely killing it right now. I I don't think you can go against them because they are absolutely on fire. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take TCU as well. Uh, Max Duggan's having a great year at quarterback, and I, I think that that just continues on for the Horned Frogs. We'll take a timeout. Before we do, though, make sure to join RP3 and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, this Saturday from 11 to 1 at the Heritage Housing at 3350 North Frontage Road in Jennings. Swing by and register to spin the prize wheel for a chance to score a pair of McNeese football tickets and many more prizes. So make sure this Saturday that you go by Heritage Housing and Jennings, CRP3, swing the prize wheel so you can score free McNeese football tickets and much more. Take a time out when we return. James and I will talk NFL, make our picks for Sunday, and then we will wrap up today's show after that. Here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Crunch Time back here for NFL picks for this weekend. James, let's start with the Falcons and Bengals. You know, the Falcons playing with that you know, can't everything to gain, nothing to lose mentality while the Bengals are are fresh off their win over the New Orleans Saints. You know, what do you what do you make of this matchup? My initial thoughts are the Bengals should be able to handle this game pretty easily. Those are my initial thoughts, but then you think about it, I mean here's the thing. The Falcons could be very easily five and one right now if it wasn't for another utter collapse against new orleans week one and then the very controversial call against tampa i mean this atlanta's been a lot better as much as i want to pick joe burrow i could very easily see atlanta going four and three when it gets to monday when we get to monday morning yeah i mean i i agree i think I think this is a toss-up game, in my opinion, because the Bengals, I mean, this is one of those games where the Bengals could absolutely explode and win 42-14, to and then it's one of those games where it could be close all the way through, and, you know, the, the Atlanta makes one extra play to hang on. So I'm interested to see what, what goes down there in that one. Colts-Titans is another one that jumps out at me. Jonathan Taylor's back. Derrick Henry is due for a big game. The, the Titans kind of rolling right now. Uh, who, who's your pick in this one? 
Oh, this one's always tough. I think... Mm, Colts have been an interesting team. They've actually been able to win a couple of times. You talk about Derrick Henry being due. I'm going to... These teams are tough because they're both in the AFC South and they've both been pretty bad in my eyes. I think I'll just have to lean towards the Titans with this one. But whether I went with the Colts or the Titans, it's not a confident pick. Yeah, it's one of those games where I could really see it going either way. Uh, one game that I can't see that is the Giants and Jags. The Giants are clicking. Daniel Brian Dable has turned Daniel Jones into a somewhat competent quarterback. And, I mean, dude, give me the Giants. I'll take the Jags on a little Ooh. bit of a whim here. All right. I'll take the Jags. I like what the Giants have done. I felt, I felt pretty good about Daniel Jones that he could take a step forward. And then I kind of just let er the national media and everybody and their narratives just kind of continue when they showed, like, one video of him making a bad pass during a practice. And they're like, oh, Daniel Jones all over again. And, yep. I, and I just I let them convince me, even though I was like, well, I mean, Brian Dable, he's been with Josh Allen. He was the he's kind of like that new age QB whisperer. Feel like he sh he should be able to help Daniel Jones unless he's just that unfixable. But I mean, hey, they've been rolling. But I think it kind of comes down a little bit. I think that I think the NFC East, they take a just a little bit of a dip and the Jags are able to keep themselves in contention of the AFC South. Chiefs Niners is a game that's interesting. Obviously, you know, the Chiefs red hot right now with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You've got the Niners who just acquired Christian McCaffrey. Interested to see what kind of workload he has on Sunday. You know, I'd, what, what, do we, what do you make of this game, James? I think the fact that Patrick Mahomes threw a late interception to give the Bills the win, I think to me he has a huge comeback comeback bounce game bounce back game against the 49ers and they he's actually able to get a big win over san francisco steelers dolphins steelers dolphins i'm gonna take two and this and the dolphins it's gonna be at home it's gonna be oh that was a sunday night game oh yeah because for some reason bears patriots is the monday night matchup because we really want to see mm, yeah. justin fields of bailey zappy that's that's what we want to see. Hey, okay. Don't don't. Uh, we we are not here for for Bailey Zappy hate. I'm not I hating not him, but we're, I'm I'm not gonna treat him like he's Jesus. Okay, we're not. I mean, I'm not either. We're but not he, getting to that point yet. He's doing a hell of a job in relief. I think you got to give him that. Well, well, I think seeing the combined records, I'm gonna get back to the Dolphins in a second. But the the two records between Cooper Rush and Bailey Zappy so far combined is six and one. Exactly. Just, just make that. Exactly. Just make that known. But put, I'm, put that known. Yeah. Put that out there. I'm gonna go with the Dolphins here. I mean, it's gonna be two his first game back. He may have the jitters, and that may affect him enough to where the Steelers are able to get enough of a pass rush, or maybe, maybe with them not even needing to get a pass rush, to to it could be a little freaked out. Same thing with like kind of Chris Olave hearing those footsteps after getting a concussion that that may hinder yep. him a little bit, but. I'll lean towards the Dolphins getting their, their quarterback back. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'm going to pick the Dolphins in a close one. Um, the, the the Steelers are a team that interests me, though. You know, Kenny Pickett, the more time that he starts, the more time that he could, you know, find his, his rhythm with this offense. 
Um, but no, Tua being back, I think this is a game that uh, the Miami takes. Uh, Lions Cowboys is interesting because you know the Lions. There's some games where you kind of question what they're doing, and there's some games where you know Jared Goff looks like he did under Sean McVay. Yeah, to me, I'm gonna continue with. I mean, Dallas could very easily just handle this game, but I do know that the Lions, for a while, they were the number one scoring team, and the fact that they've lost so many one-score games, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out another limb because there's always like three or four upsets each week that you never expect. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and take Detroit. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take Detroit also. Oh, uh, just because, just because I want the Cowboys to lose. <laughs> okay, completely different I mean, reasoning. <laughs> No, oh, it's, oh, it's true, but I just I want the Cowboys to lose. Um, Fair enough. Bucks Panthers. I mean, if um, if the Bucks can't win this game, when are they gonna win? When are suck they... suck and suck and suck. S- suck and suck. Can, can they? Can they, or, can or they both suck. lose? I mean, end in a tie. I mean, that'd be cool. Can that that'd be nice. That'd be cool. That'd be nice. A zero zero that'd really tie. Really help the Saints out. Yeah, I mean. That it doesn't. Really it doesn't matter how much out. help they get. They're they're gonna screw it up somehow. Well, but uh, <laughs> if if the Bucks can't win this game, I don't know when when they win. And then lastly, Seahawks and Chargers. Golly, the Chargers want a nail biter. Seahawks. Geno Smith. He still hasn't written back yet. <laughs> he still hasn't oh written back yet this season. So you 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 love that line, don't you? It's hilarious because if if he starts just absolutely plummeting, it's gonna be like so. You wrote back yet? I'm a, oh I'm going to as much as I love the Chargers, I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. Give me the Chargers. Give me the Chargers. All right, we'll take a timeout, wrap up today's show after this. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. One of the things I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new players or game props I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. Perfect for Sunday's Chiefs 49ers game. I'll take an anytime Travis Kelsey touchdown, the under though on total points scored, and then the Chiefs money line. Same game parlays are just one of the reasons why I bet with FanDuel. And when you win, FanDuel will pay you your winnings fast while there's odds boosts and specials each day with some super big boosts each weekend around the biggest local and national matchups. There's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. New to FanDuel? Sign in today with promo code KLWB for your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, one call 1-877-770-STOP. That's what's in. Let's, Let's go, go Goose. Ooh, you did that a little too well. Um, but no, man, I, I, I kind of want the Padres to win. 
because of those guys. I want them to come up with something clever about the Astros. I was going to say, I would find it completely hilarious if they don't win another game. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, that also would be, that would would, be hilarious. To me, that would be even more spectacular. Um, I, I, but I'd like to hear what they come up with, with about the Astros. Regardless, speaking of the Astros, game three tomorrow, uh, the Astros are going to be more commanding. Three games to none lead. You can hear it on News Talk while you can hear the Tigers right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Thanks to Jeff Reed. Thanks to Jake Crane. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. Have one hell of a weekend. And we'll be back on Monday to recap it all here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. James Mesh with the prep report is next.